It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. It is a Friday edition, a sunny Friday edition. Yes, there's a little bit of snow on the ground in some parts of the neighborhood, but uh, for the most part, that's going to be gone very quickly. The good side of a spring storm, that's for sure. Scott Foster in here with you, along with Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan and Susan Littlefield here as we... Get ready to send you in the weekend for this midday program. And we started off with Susan Littlefield. Good morning. Well, good morning. We got almost six and a half inches of snow last night. Did you really? Did you really? Has yeah, it, my garden's toast. Is, you said it was in trouble yesterday. Is Has it melt, started to melt? Is it getting muddy or is it not doing that yet? It's just starting. The snow's starting to fall off of the trees yep. and drip, but like the cars are still completely covered. And but I bet you by t- by this afternoon, it'll be a, a mud fest. I think, yeah, yeah. That's the other. That's the other season, right? You know, there's snow, there's rain, and it's mud season, and that's probably what we're going to get for a little bit here. So exactly. All right. What do you got for us today? Well, we're going to kick it off because it is Friday. We're going to check out what's happening weather-wise with Al Dutcher. Shaley Peters will bring us that report. Then at 1245, Alex will step in. It's Alpha Delta New Nursing Honor Society at CCC in Columbus. They've got some interesting projects that they're working on. And the biology behind social isolation, which we all know so well right now. And then I will let Jason talk about the 117 because there's a virtual spring game coming up. All right. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how that all works out. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. You too. All right. We turn it over to Jason. And as you have been uh, uh, introduced there with that, that sounds interesting what they're going to try to do. Basically, what it is is a glorified Husker video game. Okay. That will start at 1 tomorrow afternoon. You can watch that at Huskers.com or on their Twitter account. They have it. They'll have it available on a bunch of a number of uh, social media platforms. But you can watch this. It'll last about 90 minutes. They really want folks to then uh, send in pictures from their place of how they are enjoying this thing. So they're basically trying to make the best of a bad situation. So have they picked teams or is it has it they has did it, they went they, and picked red and white rosters okay, i guess i didn't see uh that. some of those who made it uh, by been putting it together I'd, i don't know if i would have chosen some of those huh. players but i'm sure there was some rhyme and reason behind it maybe they did that to get the conversation going for people to uh debate things huh but uh i think it'll be interesting okay. and coming up at 117 we will Hear from the guy who was behind putting this thing together. But they basically reworked the old EA college sports yeah. football game and put that together with the red and white of I'll Husker Legends. Okay. So we'll learn more coming up at 117. Well, that's a unique way of doing it. I like that. Okay. All right. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. Stocks up today. Worldwide rally is sweeping the markets today as investors latch on to strands of hope about the fight against the uh, coronavirus. The S&P 500 climbed nearly 2% in early trading. Following 3% jumps in Europe and gains of almost as much in Asia, the rally came despite a report showing China's economy had its worst quarter since 1979 and other scary data about the spread of the virus. Meanwhile, efforts in Congress to replenish the funding for a small business program have run into trouble. Lawmakers are struggling to break a stalemate over uh, the Trump administration's request for $250 billion for the uh, for the program. Okay. All right. That's all coming up on...
It is time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in studio. And, uh, you know, yesterday we talked about this kind of middle third of Nebraska going east to west, that that was where the snow was expected to be. And we're looking at the visible satellite, and by golly, that's where it snowed. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they pretty much nailed the, nailed the exact tract of that snow. Uh, right along into the north of I-80 is where we did see that uh, snowfall uh, from about Alliance to Hyannis, Broken Bow to Ord, Columbus, and Omaha, and then points to the south. Then just to a little bit of the south of the interstate is where that bulk of the snow, because if you go into far northern Nebraska and far southern Nebraska, no snow is showing up on radar, or it's melted already. And, of course, where we do have the snow cover, those temperatures are still the chilliest right now in the low to mid-30s, still right across that snow belt of Nebraska currently. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It looks like a snow belt, but... (laughs) Luckily, it won't be around too long. Exactly. Uh, we get that April sunshine going on right now, which, of course, just melts that snow and tends to vaporize it pretty good. But we did see some hefty snowfall totals anywhere from North Platte to Omaha, anywhere from 3 to 8 inches of snow being reported. We did have a report of 8 inches just to the southwest of the Omaha area towards Gretna. And once again, a lot of us with about 3 to 5 to 3 to 6 inches of snow with that system in that snow belt area. Temperatures, once again, in the snow areas in the low and mid-30s, but as you go to northern areas of Nebraska and then southern areas of Nebraska, those temperatures in the upper 30s to the low 40s and much of northern Kansas into northeast Colorado, also with those temperatures in the upper 30s to low 40s where they had a little bit or very little in the way of snow. A warming trend getting underway for today. It begins today with mainly dry weather as time pressure builds in from the west. We'll see sunshine and those warming westerly downslope winds help in the snow melt. Temperatures held back in central and east areas where the snow cover is a little more prevalent. One of the last potentially Hard freezes of the season will occur tonight with temperatures cooling into the upper 20s to in most areas. So potentially our last freeze for tonight. Uh, hard tempting, freeze anyhow. Yeah. Tempting fate a little bit. i got to be honest with you. <laughs> exactly. But okay, all right. But because uh, the spoiler here is the end of the month expected to end on a warmer than normal note. And we're going to see overnight lows for tomorrow night into early next week. Only about the mid-30s to the low 40s. So potentially one of the last hard freezes of the season tonight. Tomorrow going to be our warmer day of the weekend with seasonal temperatures and sunny skies. Small chance of rain in Kansas tomorrow night with an area of low pressure that tracks from southwest Kansas into Oklahoma. A weak front will drop our temperatures just slightly on Sunday, but all in all, the weekend looking very good. Our temperatures warm to above average for next week with building ridge of high pressure to our west. A small chance of rain does show up in the forecast by Tuesday night, thanks to an area of low pressure that tracks across Oklahoma. In our long-term forecast, warmer than normal temperatures will continue for Wednesday through the end of the month in Nebraska and Kansas. Central Nebraska daytime highs for late April, usually in the mid to upper 60s, with average overnight lows in the upper 30s to low 40s. And once again, we could be looking at that being above that through the end of the month. Above normal precipitation is predicted for Nebraska and Kansas Wednesday through the end of the month. Soil temperatures at the 4-inch depth into 7 this morning. The lowest in extreme northern and western Nebraska in the low 30s. The rest of Nebraska into northern Kansas with soil temperatures in the mid to upper 30s. Most other Kansas soil temperatures in the low 40s. 
Far southeast Kansas will slow temperatures in the mid to upper 40s. Weather factors in the markets include snow and rain keeping the soil wet in the Midwest through the weekend and favorable rain chances in Russia wheat areas. A late season snowstorm will move from the Midwest into the Northeast with accumulations expected from northern sections of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio into parts of southern New England. Cold conditions will gradually ease in many areas, but below normal temperatures will persist in early next week across the Midwest and Northeast. In, mid- in the Midwest, this will keep the field work sidelined through the weekend into next week. Some progress may be possible in parts of the western Midwest where precipitation was lighter. Additional rain is forecast for southern Midwest areas in the next week to 10 days, but the northern plains looks to be drier and warmer over the next 10 days. For the Black Sea region of Russia and Ukraine, rain still in the forecast, and that will be a benefit to the winter week following a very dry period over the past six weeks. All right, very good. Now, you had, we had talked coming into this week that it looked like this may be the coldest week on record do you know if that came I, it to be true i'm guessing it probably yeah. did uh, because yes uh, we were looking at yeah a six-day period here of sunday started sunday and ends today uh, being the potential uh, potentially the six uh, coldest uh, six-day period of uh, for that time period over the time that they've kept records. So this week was very cold, uh, a record-breaking cold one for sure, with average temperature when you average in both the temperature Mm -hmm. for the daytime high and overnight low right around 36 in central Nebraska, for example. Gross. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're through that. That's for sure. Well, thank Things you. Things looking up. Things are looking up. Yeah. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. It's time again this week. We get to visit with our Nebraska Extension agricultural climatologist, Al Dutcher. And Al, uh, winter weather coming into the forecast towards the end of this week. Can we expect more of that? Or what does this weekend and next week look like? Well, Shaley, of course, we've had this storm that moved across the region today. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, we did receive some pretty significant snowfall. Looking at the satellite and the Nebraska Rain Network observations, it is apparent that the heaviest was right along the I-80 corridor from western Nebraska, eastward into the Kearney region, and then, of course, following the Platte River Basin up toward the Columbus area and through the I-80 corridor. We did see totals ranging anywhere from 3 to upwards of 10 inches unofficially. Officially, we're probably going to be just a little bit less of that with the settling of the snowpack, but the water content was the big thing on this snow, and a lot of us in east-central Nebraska, southeast and south-central Nebraska have been in a rather dry stretch the last 90 days and been missing out on many of these precipitation events. So I look at this as a positive in terms of liquid equivalent moisture getting down into that top layers and getting it wetted back up. Yes, it'll cause some delays in terms of planting, but that moisture may help to activate some of the freeze that were put down and been waiting for that moisture. And additionally, putting moisture into that seed slot. The good news is from a model standpoint, we definitely look like we're going to see a much wetter pattern, or excuse me, warmer pattern as we go forward. The biggest concern is as we go forward in time, whether or not we are going to see um, essentially whether the, the precipitation itself will be a, a problem in terms of keeping the planting go, uh, out, of, out of reach. But overall, what I'm seeing is that we're seeing the pattern to, as of today looking like we've got an upper air pattern that favors this trough moving toward the east, keeping cold air over the Great Lakes region, and also looking at some energy moving through the southern stream. And as we go into tomorrow, we'll see that energy from the northern stream lift a little bit further to the east, 
little bit of wave on the backside might move down the region as we go into Sunday off the, off that upper air low and generate some light precipitation out in the northwestern part of the state, but nothing that of any consequence. But much warmer temperatures building into our regions were caught between these two flow patterns, and we should see well widespread 60s and 70s this weekend, particularly out in the southwest part of the state on Monday. We start to see that energy moving out of the southern stream into the Texas panhandle region. And whether or not we get some moisture returns up into our region Monday is questionable, but it looks like the heaviest core of that will be in the southeast. On Tuesday, we do see a deepening of that southern stream, stream trough. And at this point in time, it looks like that low pressure system will move across mm-hmm. Texas panhandle and then move in an eastward fashion. We may see some thunderstorm development generating on Tuesday across southeastern portions of Colorado and the Texas panhandle. And then that wave rapidly moves into southern Arkansas as we get into Wednesday, keeping most of that heavy precipitation in the Gulf region. There is a chance that some of that thunderstorm activity will make it up into north-central portions of Kansas, possibly right along with Kansas or Nebraska border, but it doesn't look like it will be anything significant. We do see a little cooler wave moving across the northern stream, and low pressure sets up at the surface in northeastern portions of Nebraska and down in the Texas panhandle might generate a little bit of precipitation along that front, but the core of that precipitation looks like it's going to roll across the northern plains and northern Great Lakes, bringing a little bit of a cool down as we get into the end of next week, probably looking at a 5 to 10 degree uh, change in temperature, so back into the 60s, possibly a little bit of thunderstorm activity, and that will ever so slowly push its way eastward as we go through next weekend. By all accounts from the models, we will see a big long wave ridge building, bringing very warm and dry conditions, and I see that widespread throughout the Plains region. All right, thanks so much, Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. It's time for sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks. Well, tomorrow, Nebraska Athletics will stream a video game simulation of a red-white Nebraska football spring game featuring rosters comprised of Husker football legends. NU Senior Deputy of External Affairs, Garrett Classy, talks about how this was all put together. So we used an old video game, an old EA Sports college football game, and once uh, the marketing and creative team decided who the rosters were going to be, then they created, they physically created those players uh, on the EA Sports game, and they'll play the and they'll play the game out um, the Red Squad versus the White Squad, White Squad, and so um, it, it actually took quite a bit of work because you're you're physically putting in you know their their abilities or attributes. Greg Sharp and Matt Davison of the Husker Sports Network will have the call of the game, and former head coach and athletic director Tom Osborne will be interviewed at halftime. The game begins at 1, and the whole event will last about 90 minutes. That can be seen at Huskers.com and also on the rest of the Husker Sports social media platforms. UNK head men's basketball coach Kevin Lofton says this spring has been an interesting one. The NCAA's imposed dead period due to the coronavirus outbreak certainly made things more difficult on the recruiting front. At one point, we had two kids en route to come on official visits. They were at the airport. And we, we had to literally call them and get them out of the boarding line. They were ready. They were set to board the plane when we finally reached them and told them that the dead period was being implemented and we could not have them on campus. So that's, that, that's how everything started for us. Despite not being able to have recruits on campus or be able to visit prospective recruits, the Lopers were able to sign three players for next season and hope to add a fourth sometime later on this spring or summer. Creighton junior Denzel Mahoney declared for the NBA draft yesterday, but 
isn't sure what he wants to hear from the talent evaluators or how long he'll even seek their feedback. Now, NCAA rules allow for players to declare for the draft, gather information, and then decide if they want to stay in the draft or go back to school. He's the second Blue Jay this month to test the NBA draft waters. Junior Tyshawn Alexander announced last week that he's declared for the draft, and it's unclear if Creighton's top scorer will return. And the NFL will hold a practice remote draft on Monday, three days before the real thing is done in the same way. Detroit Lions general manager Bob Quinn said this morning that the mock draft will be on Monday. Didn't provide any details on the proceedings in a Zoom meeting. Now, Commissioner Roger Goodell ordered all team facilities closed last month and later required club personnel to conduct the draft from their home. Because of their reliance on free-flowing communication, the league decided to stage a mock draft to ensure that the proceedings next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday go as planned. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Board of Regents meeting this morning, NU System President Ted Carter unveiled a new program called Nebraska Promise that will guarantee free tuition to any Nebraska student with a family-adjusted gross income of $60,000 or less, a figure below the median gross income for Nebraska families today. The program is designed to expand access for more Nebraskans and especially provide some relief and comfort during difficult economic times. President Carter explains how the program will be funded. That's uh, you know remission, meaning that's money that we don't get, and uh, this is not something that we're going to burden the taxpayers with. We are going to absorb this within the Nebraska system. We're obviously going to be going through many ways to look to be more efficient and save money within our system, and uh, I've directed that we will absorb this. This is the right thing to do for Nebraskans, and we will not make Nebraskans pay for this. Other states have adopted a similar program, but with varying family incomes. The cutoff for a California family is $80,000 and $55,000 in Louisiana. Nebraska Impact is partnering with stations across Nebraska to provide a virtual benefit concert to help those impacted by COVID-19. Reagan Anson adds what your donations will go to. Uh, You know, some places they may need utility assistance. In another location, they may need rent assistance. Um, in yet another location, their, maybe their mobile food pantry has run out of funds. And so the funds that we're, that we're taking in for the COVID uh, relief fund will be used for those purposes and in a very strategic way statewide. You can donate at neimpact.org. A full lineup of artists is available on the website as well. You can tune into the concert on Saturday, April 18th at 8 p.m. on 93.1 The River's Facebook page. Dr. Ali Khan, Dean of the UNMC College of Public Health, participated in a town hall meeting with Governor Pete Ricketts on Thursday, sponsored by NET. Dr. Khan says the peak is being reached at different times in different areas of the country. Deaths in Nebraska have near 25, but the peak may not have been reached just yet. We are actually only going into the peak of our epidemic. Uh, Back in March 3rd, I believe, we only had 103 cases or so. Uh, so we are slowly increasing with projections that we will reach our peak somewhere uh, towards the end of April, uh, mid-May, and then start falling off into June and July. Dr. Khan says there is concern there will be a secondary peak, possibly smaller, sometime in the fall, and hopefully everyone will be more prepared for that phase. 
For more news anytime, go to krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and I'm joined on the phone by Chelsea White, Abby Johnson, and Alicia Kuba. All three of those ladies are members of the Alpha Delta New Honor Society out of Central Community College in Columbus. Ladies, we're here to talk about kind of a community service project you guys have put together and and then had to modify. Abby, we're going to start out with you. Tell us about the signs and symptoms of depression. Okay, so depression may be seen as not getting out of bed, so living in a black hole, or just having some thoughts of impending doom. Women and men both experience depression but may show signs and symptoms differently. Women usually show loss of energy and not being able to get up and shower and do those normal things that we usually do. Men, on the other hand, can act out very angry and just irritable. Knowing the signs and symptoms of depression can save someone you may know. So, so some common symptoms could include feeling hopelessness, no interest in doing your daily activities, appetite changes, insomnia, so not being able to sleep, reckless behavior, and not being able to focus or concentrate on things. If someone has depression, we also want to encourage them to get ready for the day, even if they don't want to leave the house. I always think if you get ready for the day, you can take on anything that is thrown at you. Also, if someone is struggling with the depression, offer calling the National Helpline 1-800-662-HELP, which is a free 24-hour, uh, 365-day service that provides referrals to local treatment facilities, support groups, and community-based organizations. Alicia, there are different ways to cope with depression. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I have several ways um, that I have researched. One coping strategy that can help decrease effects from depression can be done naturally to enhance overall mood and well-being. But starting is always the hardest part. Um, Our bodies produce a hormone called endorphins, which they are secreted within the brain and nervous system from the pituitary gland and that makes us feel good. It's also called the happy hormone. Some ways to boost these endorphins are to get regular exercise, even if it's not strenuous activity, although the strenuous activity releases the most, can be something as easy as walking or dancing to a favorite song. Not only is exercise good for mental health, but it's also good for cardiovascular health as well. And give yourself a routine and stick to it. Make goals. Organize each day with a structure. For example, wake up every day at a certain time when you're going to take a shower. Set a time for when you want to FaceTime and connect with family and friends. And also, give yourself time to sit down and enjoy a good comedy movie, as that will get you laughing to boost those endorphins. Uh, Chelsea... A lot of this has come into play with the social isolation that we're facing right now. Can you talk about that aspect of it? Of course. Social isolation or being locked down never sounds like fun. And to many people, it doesn't sound important either. On the contrary, it is what is going to spread the curve of COVID-19. Without social isolation to slow it down, the hospitals will be overrun with patients while lacking supplies and healthcare personnel. Also, 
many people are not aware of or do not care about the six-foot rule. The reason the six-foot rule is in place is because when droplets are expelled from someone, they travel an average of three to six feet before gravity forces them to the ground. In addition to social isolation, proper hand hygiene is detrimental to staying healthy. I know my kids are disgusting and are always trying to touch the grossest things and then immediately touch their faces, but hopefully we all learn restraint since it is vital to refrain from touching our eyes, mouth, and nose. This may all be redundant, but not everyone is taking it as seriously as needed. Don't just think about yourself. Now's the time to be Nebraska strong and protect the community. Also, order that delivery to support those small businesses within the community. Everyone stay inside, socially isolate as much as possible, wash those hands, and keep mentally healthy however you need to get through this. Abby, I want to go back to you. Um, Tell us about why you chose these topics for your community service project. We just kind of picked this because with social isolation and depression, they kind of go together. And how many older adults are at risk of uh, depression as well as just being social isolated. Um, Those two kind of are hand in hand. We think it's very important to know, like, signs and symptoms of depression as well as what we could do to save ourselves in the community as well. Chelsea, with all of this, you guys have kind of had to transition to um, online learning. And for nursing, that can be quite difficult. Can you kind of give us a visual of what you guys are doing now to learn all of your curriculum? Um, Obviously, the curriculum has had to adapt and overcome many things. We are grateful to be able to continue with the education in general. But with clinical hours being canceled... We're getting more assignments about care plans where you get a potential patient and you have to write a paper detailing how you would treat them from start to finish. So the education is still going. It's just a different kind, which makes it a bit more difficult. I want to get back with the actual patient care, but this this will work. This will get graduated. Well, thanks so much, ladies, for joining us. We've been joined by Chelsea White, Abby Johnson, and Alicia Kuba. All three of these ladies are members of the Alpha Delta Nu Nursing Honor Society out of Central Community College in Columbus, as they've been sharing a little bit about their community service project on social isolation. Reporting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Bureau. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. A worldwide rally is sweeping markets today as investors latch on to strands of hope about the fight against the coronavirus. The S&P 500 climbed nearly 2% in early trading, following 3% jumps in Europe and gains of almost as much in Asia. The rally came despite a report showing China's economy had its worst quarter since 1979 and other scary data about the spread of the virus. If the early rise holds, the S&P 500 could close out back-to-back weekly gains for the first time since the sell-off began in February on worries about the virus. Efforts in Congress to replenish the funding for a small business program have run into trouble. Lawmakers are struggling to break a stalemate over the Trump administration's request for $250 billion to shore up the program. The Small Business Administration announcing yesterday that the Paycheck Protection Program had reached its $349 billion funding limit and no more applications would be accepted. The program gives grants to small businesses so they can maintain payroll and pay rent during the virus outbreak. Both parties agree the fund needs to be replenished, but Democrats want to add money for hospitals and states and local governments dealing with the crisis. 
Republicans say those items can wait. The British government has removed the cap on one of its coronavirus loan guarantee schemes so that all companies with annual revenue of more than 45 million pounds, or roughly $56 million, can access support if they were forced to shut down operations or were otherwise hurt by the lockdown. With Britain's lockdown extended for another three weeks at least, many businesses are struggling to remain solvent and many mid-to-large-sized companies are fretting about not being eligible for the coronavirus large business interruption loan scheme, which launches on Monday. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. The question the KRVN crew gets most, when are you going to call my initials? For more than 65 years, we've been spinning that monogram money wheel to give you a chance to match your lucky name to our lucky letters. Simple rules, great winnings, awarding more than $200,000 over the course of our rich history. And we won't be satisfied until you're a winner. Mornings with Paul Perkins, afternoons with Brandon Bennett's, Saturday mornings too. Yep, we're still spinning for winning on monogram money, 880-KRVN. Jason Jorgensen with you on the Rural Radio Network. Tomorrow, Nebraska Athletics will stream a video game simulation of a red-white Nebraska football spring game featuring rosters comprised of Husker football legends. NU Senior Deputy of External Affairs, Garrett Classy, talks about how this big event came about. It's an exciting way to even know that the, the actual spring game is canceled to keep our fan base engaged and have a virtual spring game. And everyone's really excited about it. The planning was just really how often can you get all these legends together and play a game? I mean, at Nebraska, we have so many, so many star players that, that came through here. It was hard to even getting, you know, picking out the teams because we had to leave some very established names off. But I think it's going to be a fun way to keep the uh, passion rolling in our great fans and, and a way for them to tailgate at home, uh, barbecue at home, and still have a little Husker football in their life this Saturday. I'm sure this wasn't just a spur-of-the-moment thing, but when did the idea of this uh, really hatch there with the athletic department? We've been planning for this for the last three weeks, but really it's part of a bigger plan. When sports started to get canceled, we knew that we needed to find a way to keep our fans engaged, especially during these uncertain and challenging times that, you know, people are missing sports, and especially our fans are missing Husker sports, so how do we keep them engaged? And so we've done some some replays of classic games. We've done some social media initiatives with Husker, Huskers homework. And we knew that since the spring game was canceled and the, and the last few spring games have sold out, we wanted to find a way to keep our fans uh, just in, engaged. And, you know, the great thing is that we're doing more than just doing a virtual spring game. There's going to be other elements, including a halftime interview with, with Coach Osborne. Uh, we have Greg Sharp and Matt Davison doing the play-by-play just like they would be a, a, a regular game. Uh, we got the Health Husker Pledge with Will Shields. Uh, the band's going to be involved, the national anthem, the tunnel walk. It's all going to be there, just like a regular Husker game day. Now, putting the game together itself, how did you go about to basically creating your own version of a Husker video game for tomorrow? Yeah, so we're, we used an old video game, an old EA Sports college fo- football game, and once uh, the marketing and creative team decided who the rosters were going to be, then they created, they physically created those players uh, on the EA Sports game, and they'll play the, and they'll play the game out. Um, the red squad versus the right squad, white squad, and so um, it, it actually took quite a bit of work because you're you're physically putting in, you know, their their abilities, their attributes, um, their running style, hands. I mean, it, it's pretty intricate, and, and they've done a, a remarkable job, you know, to put this event together so the fans can have a reason to celebrate this Saturday. Now, a normal football game would be a little over uh, three three and a half hours. How long is this going to take tomorrow? 
you know, the, the game itself will be about an hour, but there's going to be other, there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be other elements added to it, like the halftime interview and, and the Husker Health Pledge and, and the tunnel walk. So I think overall it's going to be about an hour and a half, um, and it's going to be very quick. But the big element is that we really want to create a digital sea of red, per se. And so we're using the, using the hashtag GBRUnited, and we really want our fans to, to make some signs, to barbecue, um, take pictures, and then put those pictures on social media with that hashtag. And then throughout the game, on a, on a tag board, we'll display all of these pictures so people can see themselves and celebrate just like it's a normal game day. Now, Garrett, what's the best way for folks to be able to watch this tomorrow? Uh, they're all really easy. There's multiple ways. You can go through huskersports.com. You can watch it on Twitter, Facebook Live, Twitch. I mean, it's going to be on all our social media channels. So it would be pretty pretty easy to be able to find it. Well, Garrett, this sounds very interesting. Hopefully all goes well. I'm sure there will be a ton of interest. I hope you guys don't break the Internet tomorrow. <laughs> we, well, we hope, we hope not, but we, we're excited to see all this, to see a red and, and have a fun day on Saturday. And that was Garrett Classy, one of the guys behind the virtual red-white game. Once again, that begins tomorrow at 1. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Jason Jorgensen. Radio Network. I'm talking now with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. And John, going into the settlements here, corn actually able to uh, close a little higher on the day. Was that just mainly due to some spread unwinding, buying of the corn, selling of the beans? I, yeah, probably. I think it was pretty nasty week for the Chicago Board of Trade Markets. Uh, corn down about a dime, a little bit over that. Uh, beans down close to 34, I think, and then wheat uh, wheat down 30 in the case in the Chicago and 20 plus in the KC. Although the KC closed strong, I don't see much changing here. I think the optimism around uh, agriculture it's just going to be a couple of weeks. So as I mentioned yesterday, I'd be ready for me to repeat it. So I'll repeat it again. You know, the delivery here with all these bushels need to find a home. I think is going to keep prices somewhat depressed in the in the near term. Which you know, I think we could rally five to seven cents and still call it depressed. But I wouldn't chase it higher here. I think you wait till closer to the end of the month and then I think the market looks to, to move. I think there's one other small point here folks are kind of forgetting about with Argentina uh, and the South American products are they they have uh, their winter coming up so they're kind of entering their cold and flu season so they've been light on the cases so far when it comes to this COVID-19 and I could see problems developing or you know a story developing where their ports would shut down so I think from a beef standpoint from a U.S. corn soybean standpoint certainly there's some opportunity here I think you just got to get through the next couple of weeks. And, John, as we take a look as well, Kansas City Wheat continue to be a good one. Will Russia follow through, you think, on actually curbing those exports once they cross the 7 million metric ton threshold? I think they'll, I think they'll have to. I, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of an odd time of the year where, you, you know, it's like, all right, well, you're not going to sell me, sell me wheat for the next 30, 40 days before my supplies do. I mean, that, that's an easy bridge to cross if, if that's truly what it is. It's where the problems lie if they, if they don't get rain here in the, in the back of, the, of next week. So the 10-day forecasts are showing some rain just right over the, the eastern uh, part of, uh, of Ukraine. And if that rain gets moved out by any reason, they're going to miss it. And, you know, they could lose 5 6 7% of their crops. So I think you got to be careful here. This is a, this is a tough market. Again, delivery is going to be better. So if nothing happens, if stories are stagnant, I think we're probably going to bleed south. But first of May, I think, you know, I encourage folks, if you've been waiting, this is a good time to get in. Um, just just seasonal, it's, it seems to work, and we're so cheap. So it's kind of the way I'll play it. 
And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. You can learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing. And that'll do it for this Friday edition of the Midday Program here on KRVN. To hear today's Midday Program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com or go to Spotify or iTunes where you can subscribe there. Our Midday Podcast, as always, is sponsored by Deveni Motor. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Deveni Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.